Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles. Welcome to all my listeners out there on Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at CaregiverDave.com, along with my lovely co-host, former mayor of a California beach town and best-selling author, Debbie Peterson. And we're also coming to you live and on-demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, many, many more. In fact, we are very proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast on Feedspot out of thousands, and also number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Simon Giddy offers to caregivers a game and activity therapy system called A Mind to Care. It's a non-electronic activity system that provides cognitively stimulating activities that's compact easy to use, easy to carry and store, and it provides an entertaining, engaging, fun, and flexible way to capture and occupy the attention of someone living with Alzheimer's, dementia, stroke, ALS, and other forms of cognitive impairment that dramatically improves quality of life. But before we get started, I want to take this moment to thank my last week's guest. Neil Donald Walsh has written 40 books on contemporary spirituality and its practical application in everyday life, including nine books in the Conversation with God series. And just a reminder, you can listen to that interview and all our interviews, including this one, uh, on caregiverdave.com or any of the 26 platforms I mentioned earlier. All right, enough of that. Simon, so great to have you on the Caregiver Dave show. Dave, thank you. So privileged to be here. And I do like to ask my first-time guests, just who is Simon Gidney, and why was he placed on this earth? Um, who am I? I? I'm an English guy. I moved here in 2004 with my family um, for my work. Uh, I'm a, a lawyer by background, but I have not practiced law since I left England. Oh. All expertise was in the area of corporate insolvency, and um, I started doing some work with a company in LA who do corporate turnarounds. That's what brought me to Los Angeles. Um, through that, I, I started a company that made electric motors that go into fridges and uh, refrigeration units and supermarkets. Sold that, ran that for 10 years, sold it in 2019. And I was, I needed to do something else. If I was in the house all day, my wife would probably kill me. Um, yeah. And I, I bumped into a gentleman who had developed a system, um, an activity system for people living with dementia. Uh, his father was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. He was an oil industry executive, oh. but he gave up his job, moved home to help his mother care for his father um, and did that for another 20 years and became steeped in this caregiving you know, space, you know, in, in in the challenges that his mother was facing, he designed a system that was flexible that would allow different games to be played. Unfortunately, he then became ill. Um, he recovered, but it took a lot out of him. And I just, I wanted, I didn't want it to just, what he developed to just disappear. So 
I came to an arrangement with him and um, we redeveloped it, redesigned it and, and launched it. So we felt that it would be something that would help caregivers and would help people living with dementia. And um, it's kind of changed my life, Dave, to be honest with you, because I, I'm before I got involved in this, I was I was kind of I'd been in the corporate world all my working life. And so I was a bit cynical, a bit battered a bit <laughs> used to the brutality of that but i found in this caregiving area that literally everybody i've met and talked to over the last four years is just they're just so nice you know <laughs> it's just it's just a remarkable change so that's who i am now as, as to what i was put on this earth for who knows but uh you know um right. i think we've all got to we're going to try and leave the world a, a little bit better than we found it haven't we I lived in England for 20 years, Simon. And oh, I, really? Oh, whereabouts? Yes. Well, I, in Glasgow, and I also had a flat in London. Okay. And, and um, so, but I, you know, I haven't been, I haven't lived there for 25 years now. And so I'm not able to identify your accent anymore. I used to be able to tell you things like that. But where are you from? Well, I, it's, my accent's not that easy to place, to be fair. Because I was born in Birmingham, yeah, which course. is uh, right in the middle. But I but I grew up kind of twenty miles and have that strong mm-hmm. a Birmingham accent. Right. Um, but uh, no, you're right. I mean, it, people, a lot of Americans don't realise that there are low England. The United Kingdom is so physically small, you do get yeah. strong regional variations in accents. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely right. Yeah, Dave, I um, or Simon, I lived in Britain for twenty years, and one of the blessings that Americans received from from the British was the whole hospice movement. And when I was living there in the early 80s, Princess Diana was really, um, really helped with all of that. And, and then eventually it moved over here to the States. So I'm just wondering, and and I don't know if you have any uh, concept of this, but do you see that that uh, Britain is different in terms of how they do caregiving? Are they are they um, ahead of us, behind us, doing things differently? Are there things you can glean for us from there? Well, I think there are a number of differences, um, and um, I, I I learned fairly early when I moved to the United States in two thousand and four that I should stay out of politics. So I've. <laughs> I've done that, and I, I, I continue to do that, and I will continue to do that. But we we do have a fundamental difference in the UK um, in that there is a national health system, which is free to all. So, um, and I mean, it's, it's a very timely question because I, I went back to England a couple of weeks ago. So my father, who is 92, was in hospital. Um, he's out now, and uh, mentally he's, he's, you know, he's, he, he's fine, but physically he's frail. But there is a lot of support available through the National Health Service. You know, he's got people coming to the house now to help. And and so there is a lot of assistance that's readily available. Now, I, I should have to say that the National Health Service is creaking under the strain. You know, it, it, it is struggling. I mean, the downside of that is uh, when he went into hospital, they called an ambulance and it took four hours for the ambulance yeah. to arrive, you know. Um, if he was so, having a stroke, he'd pass the three-hour well, window of brain damage, you know. Yeah, well, this this is the problem. I mean, I, I think that's that that's an issue that's really been prevalent post-COVID, and I think they will get to grips with it. But, Hope so. you know, it, it's – um. so I, I'm not saying there's a perfect system either way, but certainly you do have access there to care that is available, Um 
free of charge, you know, through through your local doctors. Um, obviously, that's not a, not the situation, you know, here. But, I mean, I think the AARP just published a report recently that said that they reckon that unpaid caregivers in the United States basically deliver something like $600 billion worth of care. So the problem is so massive that, you know, finding a solution for it is is just, there's not a quick, there's not a quick switch you can flick, is there? Yeah, I call it the caregiver tsunami because um, at least in this country, you know, all the baby boomers uh, who paid into Social Security, for example, now more people are taking it out than putting it in. Same thing with yeah. caregivers. Now they're all getting uh, of that age where they need care. There's a shortage of facilities, shortage of workers, and shortage of the unpaid family caregivers as well. You yeah. know, I'm going to take care of grandma, you know what I mean? Well, exactly. And the other problem is that the caregiving, I have so much empathy for caregivers, which I've built up over the last four years of talking to them. You know, it's a it's a horrible, horrible disease, dementia, and the different aspects of dementia, because you're losing the person you love, you know, over a gradual period of time. I mean, every, you know, the journey is different for everybody, but a lot of the time there's no immediate physical health issue other than just looking after them. So I read a very interesting book. I don't know if you've read it by Patty Davis called um, Floating in the Deep End. She's the daughter of Ronald Reagan. And she spoke about her experiences when he uh, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And when he passed, she she fi- uh, formed a, a caregiving support group called Beyond Alzheimer's. Yeah. And it was at UCLA originally, but it was cancelled after a while. And when she spoke to somebody senior as to why it was cancelled, the response was, well, caregiving is the least profitable area of medicine. So, you know, it's... They should all go on strike and let them see just how valuable we are. Well, this is the point, isn't it? You know, it's it's uh, caregivers are the unsung heroes for me. You know, yes. because it's it's twenty four seven. Until you know. it happens to a politician, they don't realize that. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. What's, in- what's interesting too is that historically, certainly in America, and I think also in the UK, maybe not quite so much, but we don't, we no longer have that tradition of all the generations living together and your children will look after you when you get old. You don't usually have enough children to look after you when you get old anymore. And, and so I think that that makes it especially different, but it, difficult but i think it also makes it all the more admirable because even though we no longer have that multi-generational extended family tradition in the same way a lot of cultures do we're still stepping up which is amazing yeah i I, it i mean it can bring other tensions as well i'm sure you're very familiar with this debbie with all of your experience but you know because often it seems to be one person in the family who steps up um Mm -hmm. and then you get a bit yeah, and then you get sometimes some resentment that other people aren't stepping up enough. But at the end of the day, you know, perhaps some people are better equipped to, yes. to do that than others. You know. So now you 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 didn't develop this. You someone no. else developed it, and you you ran with it. Some um, yeah, they I, somebody else developed it. We ran with it, but we had to redesign it. Tweaked because it a we, little bit. Yeah, because it was yeah. it was um, originally made out of a out of wood and it was oh, made really? it, but the and it looked beautiful but the problem was 
the responses we were getting back was it looks gorgeous, yeah. but it's too expensive. It's too heavy. Yeah, you can't and mass just, produce it. Well, we could mass produce it, but caregivers couldn't carry it around. It was just oh, too heavy, you know. Yeah. yeah so, so we kind so of kept how does the this? How, how does this um, device, if that's a proper name for it, um, how does it work, and how can caregivers uh, manage their stress because of it? Okay. Um, well, you know, if we can, if we can answer the second question first, okay. um, a lot of caregivers had said to me that. Um, Obviously, it's important for somebody, if you're caring for somebody with dementia, um, if if they're not entertained or engaged, then they, they're likely to sleep. The problem is if they sleep a lot during the day, they're going to be wide awake at night when the caregiver try, is trying to get yeah. to sleep. So <laughs> anything, you know, you can do during, <laughs> during the day to engage their attention, occupy them um, is useful. I mean, one lady said to me, even if I can put something in front of him that will entertain him for 30 minutes, I can put a, I can put some laundry on, you know, yeah. or make a, make and a sandwich. It doesn't always do it, you know? No. So um, really essentially, all, I mean, we're kind of adding new things around the periphery every day based on feedback from different people. But the, the, the basic product that we started with is a folding four-sided whiteboard uh, with a little carrying handle, it's dry erase, and it's magnetic. So you can draw on it, wipe it off. You can use it as an easel. You can put it flat. You can stand it up. Um, with it being magnetic, you can also put magnetic photo frames on it or other magnetic accessories. And then to sit with that, we designed some thin magnetic sheets with different, like a, we, we've got, connect the dots or we have word search puzzles mm. um coloring things because the other thing about dementia of course is that people are at different stages you know some people mm. can do crossword puzzles other people really can't do yeah. very much so so these sheets can go on a fridge or they can go on the board um and that's the essence of it i mean since then we've added we've just done a caregiving journal designed to help caregivers I, I, I think it, it strikes me that caregivers, it's, it's a very lonely, very lonely profession, isn't it? Because Yes, it is. And so my daughter works with me in the business, and we, we designed a little, a, a little caregiving journal that has got little inspirational quotes and tips and things that there's a 52-week journal. So we... We're trying to add things all the time, Dave, is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Sorry if I've rammed around on for two. Is there blank spots where they can add to yeah. the journal? You know, because a lot of times these caregivers end up writing a book out of yeah. their journaling. Yeah, no, that's what we've done. And I don't know if, if you do this or you don't do it or not. Forgive me if I'm overstepping, but I'm very happy. I'm happy to send you five five copies if you want to give them I away to, those. to, to caregivers. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd, I'd, I'd do that, you know, get all, I've got all your details, I'll organise that. So, yeah. One of your questions says, should you ever lie to someone with cognitive challenges? Yes. And, you know, that's a good question because I've had a mother with dementia, I've had a mother-in-law with dementia, now I have an aunt with dementia, and they they are delusional, you know. They, yeah. they think either, you know, their husband's still alive or uh, I stole their their mother's pearls. And sometimes I felt that it's necessary to 
say, oh, yeah, uh, you know, little white lies. Um, we're going to see him later. Because if you sit there and try to argue, oh, no, he died. What do you mean he died? When was, you know, I, I wasn't at the funeral, you know, and mm. you just, you don't want to go there because that will start raising their blood pressure and stuff. So I think it's okay to lie to mm. someone. What is your opinion? I, I agree with you. I, I okay. we wrote a, we we wrote a blog post on it recently, and it got quite a lot of attention um, because some people, you know, and I respect their position. Some people are fairly binary in this, and they say you, it's yeah. never right to lie. Um, but maybe they've never been a caregiver to a dementia. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, and I I think that's right because to your point, um, if somebody's having a traumatic memory, and I, and and you you say no they that that person has passed away that causes can cause a lot of upset and trauma and and it may ha you may be doing that every day of the week yeah. putting them through that trauma again sure. um but even little things um i i i read about a a lady who was caring for a father and he he became very agitated um and really angry and upset and and she said well, you know why are you upset and he said the the college haven't sent me my certificate well, he, he didn't go to college, and so obviously there the wasn't going to be a certificate. But he was getting so upset about this every day. She she made a certificate and uh -huh. put it in a frame, and then said to him, "Oh, Dad, your certificate's arrived," and and he was really happy. Now, I I can't see how that's wrong, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> but but it is it is a bit of a controversial question issue, which is you know I, I thought. I'm sure since you've both had children, you've had this experience. You know, if you have a two-year-old, um, you don't always, you don't, you do sometimes tell, oh, well, we tell them there's a Santa Claus, don't we? Well, yes, <laughs> there you are. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and we read in fairy tales about fairies and imaginary creatures. And yeah. and I, so I think that in many ways, for me, certainly, I, I likened it to looking after a two-year-old. You had to slow down. You had to be careful. You had to watch out for them. And you couldn't go at a fast pace, but it, yeah. that applies, I think, sometimes to what's happening. And I, I have a very close friend who's been dealing with a friend with dementia, and she, they used to get into these dreadful fights because my friend just couldn't understand why her friend wasn't doing what she was supposed to be doing, even though she knew that she was struggling. Yeah. Yeah. And then she finally realized that you don't disagree. If she says the sky is red, you say, oh, it's what a lovely color of red it is today. Yes. And that just takes all the um, angst out of it for both. Yeah. So I think that I I would definitely agree. It's it's um, I would call it more facilitating again yeah. <laughs> rather than. Well, quiet. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there's a book out called um, Moments uh, about dementia that, you know, you should look for the moments and you should cherish the moments. Yeah. Because, mm -hmm. you know, like the movie, um, The Notebook, you know, where she had these moments. One minute yeah. she was dancing with her husband. Next minute she was saying, well, who are you? What are you doing in my room? Yeah. You know, yeah. all yeah. this stuff. And um, what actually happens, according to this book, is uh, a person doesn't really forget who you are. They're just going back in time, yeah. you know? Uh, and so maybe they're remembering their husband as mm. a 25 year old good looking guy with a good head of hair you know skinny mm. and and so the, they tested this um the husband was uh, knocking on the door and saying hey it's me let me in and she recognized his voice oh okay and she opened the door and she saw this this fat bald aging man and she says who are you yeah. you're not my husband because she remembered <laughs> yeah. him 
what yeah. he used to look like. Of course, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. And, and and we'll we'll treat them differently if we just recall, you know, that okay, yeah. uh, if you can find out, okay, the kids are twelve now when they're really you know forty five. Yeah. And then you can say, okay, what what are some of the things that happened when our son was a twelve year old? And, yeah. and it, it just helps you navigate, yeah, the, uh, the landscape, you know. Yeah, the what other, the that? other, the other, absolutely right. I do, and I think that the other thing, slightly tied to that, that I find really fascinating, but I don't understand how it happens, is the effect that music can have yeah. on, on people. Positive That's effect, yeah. oh, hugely. I think, like you just said, it. It can just take people right back. You know, I'm sure you've all seen the Lady Gaga. Today, for and, me, it takes me right back. Yeah. All of a sudden, it, I've got memories that I've thought yeah. of yeah. decades, you know. Yeah. But but it seems to be able to cut through the fog yeah. of dementia, doesn't it? There are so many cases where that seems to have happened. Makes you wonder whether, whether sort of research should be spent in that area, right? Sure. You know, rather sure. than drugs so much, because it seems, it seems to have a remarkable ability to cut sure. through the mist. songs are hidden in the recesses of our mind and you know we have a logic side of the brain and the creative side yeah. of the brain and and uh, you know my wife who uh, you know can't talk because her language is affected but she can sing happy birthday she knows the word yeah yeah and uh yeah. figure that's amazing isn't it really yeah she can't actually. write words but she can draw a picture of what yeah. she's trying to say you know yeah what kind of feedback are you getting with the games i mean are you selling a lot of them are people uh, putting reviews on Amazon. I mean, what no, I, well, I, I, Amazon's a whole new. That's 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 a whole new, different podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> Getting on Amazon. That was that was a that was a lengthy uh, experience. But um, did you do that or you didn't do that? We did. It took an enormous. We haven't been in, on there that long, to be honest. It took us a long time, and, uh-huh. and but, but we are on, and um, and uh, I, I wouldn't say it's been a resounding success yet. We, you know, we, it, it's driven by getting reviews. So that's well, something. It, it we... requires advertising, you know, like um, yeah. a, a lot of things on Amazon. I'll see a Facebook ad, little short video, and I'll say, oh, wow, I could use yeah. that. And they yeah. send you to Amazon, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, what's you've int- got to do the advertising. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's interesting, we've, um, we have a, an Etsy store on Etsy, and uh, oh, we've been that, doing some electric. Yeah, we've been we've been doing well on Etsy, and and also with we've put some ele- some of the puzzles we have we've put them on as electronic downloads so that people can just you know print them off. So we're getting good success there. But uh, and then Maybe make uh, some videos of of an actual patient, you know, playing the game, and and well, maybe a before and after, you know, uh, yeah, very creative. That's that's another controversial area which I've I've kind of stayed away from because there's a school of thought that if somebody has dementia they can't consent to appearing in a video and you therefore so well you can always I, take a picture of the back of their head and yes that's true and, that's you know, true yeah they don't yeah. they can I mean, be anonymous like that yeah I, I'm just very conscious of um, not wanting to offend people you know that sure. I wanted to want to be or you can do like the drug companies do these are paid actors you know? <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it's funny you know when ways I, to get around it when I first started with this I I had sent some information to uh somebody I can't remember their name now who blogs on the subject of Alzheimer's and um I was new to this whole area you know and I, I I'd I'd used the phrase suffering from Alzheimer's, you know, and this this blogger 
corrected me very sharply, <laughs> more more sharply than your critique of my bio, Dave. <laughs> uh, and she said, "That's not a phrase that you should ever use. You should you should always speak of people living with the condition." You know, so I I'm I'm always conscious of, of yes, our of, language of, is constantly changing. Not, not yeah, you know, but but but. I wouldn't want to cause offence anyway, but sure. I certainly wouldn't want, want, to, want to cause offence accidentally without even realising it. <clears throat> so. Yes, but everything is about offending someone, you know. Don't, yeah, it, it Back seems to be Back in the old lot... days, we learned to have a thick skin and, and you know, give yeah. the other person the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, yeah. but uh, boy, it, it's walking on eggshells uh, with some people, I tell you. No, it, it really is. In, in this modern world, it seems uh, very difficult. <clears throat> And uh, let's talk about negativity, because uh, sometimes people, uh, the ones we care for, are very negative. Sometimes the caregivers are negative. Yeah. Um, how do you deal with negativity, and will your game help that? Oh, that's a good question. A lot of what I've read about negativity with people living with this condition seems to be that you've got to stay calm. Um, you've got to You've got to manage it. Yeah, so if, I mean... If you can divert the attention away from whatever's causing the negativity, let's play a game. Let's you know, let's draw a yeah. picture. Let's look at this. Then that might help. Uh, yeah, I think they call other... that pivoting, right? Politicians like that word. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that, that's what some people say you should do rather than sort of you know a white line. You should the pivot, subject. but yeah, yeah it's, it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My my dad used to call that when I was growing up. If ever he was sort of you know on me about something, I'd try and change the subject. He'd he'd accuse me of diversionary stimulus, <laughs> <You know? laughs> which which I guess is is the same as pivoting, but with a different um, a different agenda. But well, um, Debbie's yeah, a no, former but... Debbie's a former mayor. I bet she knows something about pivoting. Well, worse than that, I have a degree in public relations, so I can spin. <laughs> so you're absolutely right. Yeah. Teach you. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, I I think our our game really is, is is just about attempting to engage, to occupy it, to you know, and whether it's putting magnetic photos on the board and uh -huh. writing under or 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 looking at reminiscence cards and prompting talks about a holiday or what have you. It's that's what we're about at the end of the day. So we're, we're absolutely not something that can, you know change a situation instantly but it's just it's just another tool that we think that we think caregivers might find useful well now <laughs> what about caregivers you know they they have a tendency of burning out and yeah uh it's good that we're uh giving them a game to keep their patient or their loved one uh occupied mm -hmm. but do you have anything that would help a caregiver you know avoid burnout or manage their well, depression I or their negativity I think the, the the caregiver journal that we've just mm. put out. I think that's what that's what we designed it for. It's it's a fifty two week journal with prompts for them to fill in and uh, inspirational kind of quotes, tips. So not only Th tips, it gives them something to do so that they can. Yeah, be because it's a very lonely a, a diversion, very like. Yeah, and, and some you know things to affirm and to try and look at the look at the positives. Um, I mean, what you know, simple things. Uh, I mean, one of the best ways that we or, or we, if you know somebody who is caring for 
a family member, one of the best things you can do is just give them a break every now and then, you know, or silly little things like yeah. if, I, if, if I'm going to the supermarket and I have, I know someone who's caring for their parent, you know, perhaps call them and say, Hey, I'm going to the supermarket. Can I get you anything? Yeah. I think the more we don't need to do much. I mean, I don't want to make, I don't know. That sounds wrong. Doing little things to help somebody who's caring for somebody, I think, have a massive effect just because it reinforces the fact they're not on their own, you know, that there are other people who care for them yeah. because, you know, you're right. Caregiver burnout, caregiver stress is a, is a, is a really serious challenge. Yeah. And, and even more than that, because uh, even if I remember that people would always tell me, Hey, is there anything you need? And I said, no, I got it. I got it. You know, yeah. for some reason I did not want to accept any help. Maybe I yeah. didn't want to feel obligated to, okay, now I owe them something. Maybe I didn't want them to think that I didn't have this under control. You know, I'm an auto mechanic uh, in the olden days, and I, I fix things. Yeah. That's my job. And, and you know, I, I couldn't fix my wife, and uh, or I thought I could do it myself. And so that's one of the big problems of caregivers. They they won't ask for help, yeah. and, and they, they, they think they can do it themselves. And, you know, yeah. the airlines tell us, well, you know, put your oxygen mask on first. A hundred percent. Yeah, sometimes they, they don't eat properly, yeah. you know. They, I mean, they don't exercise enough. No, it's, it's a very, very serious issue. Yeah. And then support groups, you know. Uh, yeah. There used to be a lot of support groups, uh, in-person support groups. Now, a lot of them have been replaced with online support groups, which are, you know, just as good. Because uh, especially during COVID, people didn't want to go out and stuff. Uh, obviously, you're uh, an advocate of support groups if you can find them. Yeah, yeah, very much. I mean, it, it, you make a very interesting point about online um, because obviously everything's gone online now, hasn't it? But <laughs> Seems um, well, I do remember that a church we used to go to in uh, LA, and there was a lovely old lady there called Joan, and you know, when it was time to greet everybody, we'd give her a hug. Yeah. And she said to me, um, the hug I get on a Sunday morning, it's the only physical touch I get oh, wow. all week, you know. So, uh, Which church uh, did you go to in L.A.? We were at a church for years um, in Lawndale on Lawndale. 147th and Hawthorne, yeah. Um, okay. uh, but, yeah. Well, kudos to them. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, do you agree that caregivers are heroes? And if yes. so, how can we celebrate them? Well, I mean, I think that I think a lot need a, a huge amount needs to be done. I mean, if if the story that Patty Davis, you know, mentioned ten years or twenty years ago, however long it was, that you know the, the medical profession here was saying, well, caregiving's the least profitable area, <laughs> then that's something that's got to be addressed. But that's beyond the wit and imagination of the three of us to fix that. Um, I think that the way we celebrate them is they should be talked about. I think that I think that whatever it is that causes caregivers to react in the way you indicated some do, or, you know, I don't want to ask for help because, uh, you know, they've, we've got to help them get out of that, you know, that, that, that they should ask for help. And, and that perhaps if they're not going to ask for help, we should almost be ringing them up every week, two or three times a week saying, hey, do you want to, you know, do you want me to come in and sit in for half an hour while you go, you know, I think we've got to be more proactive perhaps in saying, uh -huh. hey, there's there's like millions, uh, oh. I think there's something like 38 million unpaid caregivers in the United States, 38 million, yeah, you know. I so more, I think it's closer to 60 million. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. 
you know, so most oh. of us are probably going to know somebody. Sorry, Debbie. <clears throat> oh, no, I, I, I'm from all that you're saying, I'm I'm realizing that the things that touch me most um, coming from other people, they're the little things. Someone yeah. sends you a, a sweet note yes. or someone drops a flower off or someone made some cookies and they had too many. They brought you some, too. Yeah. But it's the little tiny things. It doesn't take a lot of time, effort or money. No. And a lot of times it's, and I. You know, I suspect that's maybe the same, too, for the people we care for. It's really the little things yeah. that do make a difference to people. I think so. I think that's right. I think that those little <laughs> gestures, those little gestures that take us a minute, you know, could have a very significant yeah. benefit. Um, just makes people realize they're not on their own, that there are other people who are, who are rooting for them. Well, Simon, we're coming to the end of the interview. Is there okay. anything that I haven't asked you that uh, you wanted to talk about? I don't think so, Dave. No, I mean, <laughs> well, good. I did my job. <laughs> you certainly, you absolutely certainly did your job. Yeah. Well, yeah. I do have a question. I'm really curious. So you have these fun games and journals. So where do we find them? How do we find you? How do we find your products? Uh, our website is um, amindtocare.com, and so everything's on there. Um, we're also on Etsy. Um, but yeah, mindtocare.com is is our website, and we have we have um, we have blo we have a blog on there as well, where you know we write about different aspects of this, and uh, we're always looking for guest bloggers. So is that am I being a bit too pushy there, Dave and Debbie? But sure, I'll follow, sure. I can follow up with you afterwards on that. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that, that, everything we do is, is is on there. I've got a lot that I can share with you. You know. Oh yeah, um, Dave would be great. Yeah, yeah, on my Caregiver Dave website, it's got uh, it's just full of lots of resources. If you want to put that website on your website as a resource, I will. No, I'll do you know. that definitely, definitely. Oh, uh, I, I can't believe how fast the time has gone. Um, we, uh, you told us how we can get a hold of you. I'm, I'm curious. Um, how affordable is the game? Okay, if you bought the complete kit. That includes the whiteboard, um, three magnetic sheets, a laptop-style bag to carry it in. That sells for $75. Wow. If you just wanted the whiteboard, uh, it's $23.99. Um, so all the different components are different prices. So, uh, um, But uh, certainly I will, I'll follow up with you afterwards. I, I would like to send five of our journals to you. And if you well, – Thank you. Whether I'm, you, I don't know, run a competition or give them away to the first five people who ring it, whatever, I don't know. I'm but. curious how my wife would react to it. You know, she had strokes. She mm -hmm. still cannot talk. She still cannot walk, but she can read and she can, uh, you know, she likes her uh, Facebook and uh, her iPad. And right. so uh, I, I wonder how she'll react to that. So I would appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah the caregiver journal is designed for, for, for the caregiver, you know. Okay. Um, but we we also oh, but the have games. The, the yeah, and we have we have we yeah. have online puzzles, and we have. Um, she loves you know, puzzles. She used to do a lot of puzzles. And we, we're just doing some a lot of puzzles. I'm looking at this big pizza that she did. It was a little tiny puzzle, and she put it together, and she varnished it, and I hang it on the wall now. Wow! Wow! Oh so, yeah! And you know, yeah. it occurs to me too that one of the most lovely things you could do for a caregiver is. Or, or the person being cared for is give them your game. What a lovely gift that would be. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even have to be a caregiver to buy it. Everyone knows a caregiver. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, thank you. You were a great guest. I learned a lot. 
And um, remember that all our live shows become recorded, pod, and videocasts on all your favorite platforms. Uh, Debbie, how can uh, our listeners reach you to find out more about what you do? Well, you'll find all my books at Amazon uh, under my Integrity 101 series or The Happiest Corruption. And you can uh, find out more at MayorDebbie.com. You have great titles for those books. And my number one best-selling book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, is spreading wisdom all over the world. It's available on Kindle, Audible, hardcover, softcover, wherever books are sold, and also my free membership website, caregiverdave.com where you can also schedule your free 30-minute initial coaching call to talk about whatever it is you're struggling with. 30 minutes of wisdom can often resolve a debilitating problem. And don't forget my Caregiver Day Facebook online community of 34,000 caregivers. Lots of tools, resources, videos, this radio show, and much more. And did you know that if you click the like or follow button on whatever platform you're watching or listening to this interview on, it helps us reach even more caregivers by improving Google's search engine algorithms. So a true heartfelt thank you to all my listeners out there and my guests. Um, thank you so much for tuning in every Wednesday and making us the number one caregiver radio show on the internet. So until next week, same time, same channel. May God richly bless you all. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Dave Nassani, the caregiver's caregiver, has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too, Thrive to Stay Alive as a Caregiver. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. He now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Thrive and stay alive as a caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today or buy one for your special caregiver on sale everywhere and at caregiverdave.com. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing.